Or I could talk about how people like to start wedding drama. For the wedding that we haven't even been planning for an entire month. Yeah, none of them listen. No, I don't think so. And if they do, I really don't care because <laughs> it's my freaking day. And if anybody wants to throw a fit about it, it's going to be me. And, the and fit that's all. Expecting to be in the wedding party. Don't even get me started. Because I'll go on all day long. I'm at work all day long. Like, everybody want to hear the latest drama in my life? <laughs> Everybody's like, yes. Tell me now. So then I do. Because everybody else is like teachers or stuff for their other jobs. Mm-hmm. And I have like... Theirs is just like little kid stories. And mm-hmm. I'm like, here's a story that could be of a little kid, but it's an adult. <laughs> so, let's take a ride. <clears throat> but... Um, yeah, I th- The actual I think planning's going well. For the w- wedding. Yeah. Not for the second reception, I guess you'd call it. Yeah, that one's more, going to be more frustrating. Yeah. But it'll be fine. Mm-hmm. You'll figure something out, it'll be okay. But anyway, I'm just ready to fight anybody. Like, it's your wedding, not theirs. What does it matter? Like, you you either show up or you don't. That's it. Literally. And I've decided Bethany is going to be our bodyguard at the wedding, and if anybody wants to be in a bad mood... That's an adult. I'm just gonna... I'm literally gonna talk to her at Christmas and be like, I just want you to know this is what I'm going to need you to do. And she's going to be like, I've never wanted to do something more in my life. <laughs> I'm going to She'll, like, point out the problem areas and I'll keep an uh-huh. eye out. She goes, I'll throw Tegan at him. You gotta, you gotta make, like, a, a little bingo sheet. Just like, hand her a little book that she made here at the Targets. <laughs> here's the list and here's we'll their picture and their bio that mm-hmm. I'll give you about what co- problems they've been Possible causing. Possible hair colors they may have that day. <laughs> If they do X, Y, or Z, those are automatic kickouts. <laughs> yeah. I don't think there will be any issues, but gosh darn it, it seems like they want them to be problems. It's like, like I almost want there to be an issue so I can fight someone in a wedding dress. No. I think I'm just lucky that everybody up there, like, wants to help. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And wants to participate. Gonna, at least in, there's not going to be problems on that. Ha- on that in end. our family, and well, at least our extended family up there already. What is in what from my things fits with that story? Anyway, I, I need to look through. Um, I have. So there's not just in now. Here's my topic for the day. <laughs> Um, because like I literally haven't told you any of these things. They're all things to share with you. I have something more. Go for it. I don't understand why um, engagement rings are so expensive. That's artificial. Because I just it doesn't make sense to me. Because aren't diamonds? Don't they like rain on Mars or whatever? No, they're just not actually where on Earth either. So why are they so expensive? Because, they rain somewhere. Because people are still paying the price. I think that's why I said I think it's Venus. You know, if I was Jeff Bezos, and Jeff Bezos, if you try and steal this, I'll come for you. 
I would send my spaceship. Yes, it's a trademark. If I I would send my spaceship that he's making up to whatever that planet is, get all the diamonds. You're sticking that out. And then that's another market you put your name on. They'd be so cheap. They already should be that cheap. Yeah. We can literally make them in the lab. They're the exact same thing. Well, they have lab-made diamonds, but I don't want that. No, I know, but the thing is they're the exact same. They're not any better or worse. It's not like somehow they're weaker. Well, that's the thing. Online, they have, they, all the quality they have like, we looked at those two, and they were the same price. So I was like, why wouldn't I just get a regular Again, one? Again, because the, the market is artificially kept high. It's not, it doesn't need to be that high. Well, who do I have to fight in the jewelry industry? Everyone, apparently. Yeah, I think we've all just mutually agreed on it. Stupid. What you need is to get a lab that makes them, and then just sell those for super cheap, and everyone else have to meet you. Start your own Blue Nile. If only I could do math. If only I could science. I know someone who can. Who? Um, yours. Oh, James. <laughs> James can science. He could, I bet James, he could make diamonds who, for what us. What we realized is essentially, um, he's, if he messes up, there's just no more Lysol hand wipes for the U.S. Anyone. Nobody gets them. Yeah, why should this podcast be famous? Because Sadie's dating the guy that makes all the Lysol wipes in the United States. <laughs> Definitely an important component of it. So, <laughs> and if any pot, I mean, obviously it's not very um, likely that this podcast will go anywhere because most don't. But if you don't manifest it. You don't try. If you don't try. You, you know, if you wanted to be an influencer, people, I'll, I'll become one. Won't be great at it, but I'll do it. I think you'd be pretty good I'll say, at it. Hey, you girly. Put your focus in. Hey, 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 best friends. That's what old people my age do nowadays. Wow, they call, I, I hate that, and I don't they, want to become an influencer. <laughs> that's what you have to do. Call, hey, girly pops. Everybody should see what my hand's doing right now, because that's pretty much what they do. They say girly pop. They say best friend. They call everybody best friends. Why? And to me, that's very strange, because I don't have a lot of friends. And like sometimes so people, call strangers some people that? will say that to me, and I'm just like, I'm sorry, but you don't live up to that title. So this is very awkward for both of us. I don't Start know. a blog if you want to be trendy 2000s girl. Yeah. <laughs> Julia <True>. Julia or whatever. Julia <laughs> Julia. <laughs> If you want me to start a blog, I will. Whatever I have to do to make this go somewhere, I'll do it. Well, not whatever, just a... I do think <laughs> I do think something we genuinely want to start doing is more content that's not just specifically about the plugs. Yeah. So like when Well, like I sent you those videos that we should do. I sent you those videos that we should do related to true crime or are related to That just sounded things. like you said Jew crime, true, Sadie. True crime. <laughs> that are related to true I am very tongue-tied. <laughs> that are related to true crime or paranormal or just like neat. Like I sent you nifty. video ideas. No, I know of what exactly. We can do. I was like, we should. We we. we We're trying to get better We're at this. Okay. To get better at. I'm a 22 year old who doesn't know how to use my own phone. I can hardly could be... even do this podcast. 
We could see what we see what we get and then we figure out what to do with it basically. I'm not technologically advanced and I know I don't have a radio voice. Do you want to go first? Or you want me sure, to go first? I'll go first. So, I'm covering the Boyd Gang because I've decided I think old-time gangs are fun. They are. I <laughs> wish I was a part of them. No, they do a lot of bad things. Oh, they do a lot of bad things. <laughs> but the thing is that usually at the times in which they were existing, they were sort of seen as like Robin Hood-esque. Yeah. <laughs> Because they weren't usually as violent as they could have been, is, I think, how most people saw it. Like, That's the takeaway. They could have been a little meaner. It's like, you could be doing absolutely terrible things. Instead, you shot the security guard and just stole the money. That's it. Down with the banks, you know? <laughs> I agree. Anyway, my sources are, whoop, are Wikipedia, guns.com. And guns.com? Guns.com. And I think okay. it's like Guns of the Wild West guns, mm-hmm. not like here's where you buy your firearms. And then executedtoday.com. <laughs> I need to look into that website. So as a spoiler. <laughs> so the Boyd Gang was a notorious criminal gang based out of Toronto, Canada. It is named after Edwin Alonzo Boyd. Edwin. Um, he was not actually the leader. He was just the leader. Like, in the public eyes, he was the leader. So they did... Was they... he the most attractive one? Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> All right. He was the most attractive and charismatic of the crew. That's funny. Which is why... is literally why the newspapers decided he was going to be the leader. He, he gets would... to be the face. He was going to be the face. Exactly. We get any pictures of him. Um, That's so, so funny. But that means people have done, like, research into his background because he's the leader of this famous gang. So he was born in 1914 in Toronto. His father was in the Army and served in World War I and then later worked for the Toronto Police Department. I don't think he was a police officer because I think it would have said it if he was. He just worked for the department. Mm -hmm. Um, They moved a lot, so he had to switch schools a lot as a child. But he also had, like, a few behavioral issues, so he had to switch schools because of that as well. But eventually they settled down. And he settles into a school and joins the soccer team, and he's in the local YMC marching band. Um, he masters the mouth organ. <laughs> what? Yeah, he's a, he's a master mouth organ player. And what is that? I don't know. I think is it's it the like thing. The jaw harp. That's what I thought it was. I could be wrong, but I imagine it's the jaw harp. Anyway, he gets to participate in the Canadian National Exhibition with his YMCA band, and they win one of theirs. Hmm, that's fun. In 1933, um, three years after his mother dies from scarlet fever, Edwin is picked up by the Mounties for the first time for vagrancy. So this is his first brush with the law. Um, Because he, like, he shaped up after his first few scuffles in uh, elementary school. Yeah. Um, I think it was just a whole bunch of home life issues. He was having trouble adjusting to just going to school. So he also committed a number of other crimes and then served some time in prison. And then eventually he joins the army. In 1940, he's sent to France where he meets his wife and they get married and then have a son nine months later in 1941. Two days after the birth of their son, there was an air raid in the area where they were and... The baby got a cerebral hemorrhage and died. Which is very sad. An air raid? Yeah, like, bombing. 
World War No, no, no. They're overseas. He's oh. in France. They met in France. She's like... American, but they met in France. Or not American. She's Canadian. She's from yeah. she's from North America. I was like, um, when were there she's air raids in Toronto? No, no. She's there to. I was know... like, I guess I don't know a lot about their history, but, but I, didn't I really think didn't think, think that was happening yeah. yeah. over here. Because if they got to Toronto, wouldn't they have air raided like New York, which is closer? I'm pretty sure. <laughs> anyway, no, no, no. This is in Europe. Okay. So the baby dies. From you might have said that, and I just concussions. Wasn't paying attention. I, I don't know if I. They said he was sent to France, but I don't know if I specified that... That they were all there. They were all there. Yeah. <laughs> um, anyway, so after the baby dies, the wife is like, well, I gotta do something with my time, and tries to become a military truck driver, but she was too short. Whoa. <laughs> she was too short. Put some cinder blocks on your feet, So, girl. no, no, no. She became a motorcycle driver and joined <laughs> her husband at war. <laughs> wow. Because the women her. usually drove the vehicles in and out. There was something for them to do. That's cool. Um... They later have twins, and then a, another child later, so they end up with three living children eventually. Either uh-huh. way, I thought that was just, she seemed sort of fun. <laughs> yeah, she seems cool. Um, so after the war, when they get back to Canada, Edwin fails to find any permanent employment, um, so he turns to a life of crime to provide her, for his family. He's man, maybe that's what pretty I do. good at it. I should forget um, where I'm working now. I should forget the podcast, and I should start a life of crime. <laughs> Not a bad idea. Rachel's mom works for a bank, and she has to deal with when there are robberies at the various branches. <gasps> and we were we were on the boat on the Mississippi River. We were boating. We had to stop. We had gotten off. <laughs> we had we had docked to go to a restaurant that ended up being closed. But while she was there, she got a phone call because we finally had reception. They were like, "Yes, there's been a bank robbery. We like, deal with it there." And I was like, "What?" <laughs> the fact that like people still robs banks, still robs banks. The it just blows my mind yeah. that people still do that. That's such like a like wild west thing. To I know. Me. I just always imagine bank robbers just like like that one time wearing that a dad had to turn around going. He was going home from the Boone home or going to the Boone home, one or the other. But he had to turn around because there was a shootout on the yeah. road that he had to take because there's only one road. Yeah. It goes, you can take it two ways, but there's only one road that goes by the place. Go through it. Um, but it was it was closed off because there had just been a shootout from a bank robber who had he'd been booking it too because he had robbed a bank. Well, like, like when we first moved here, away. there were bank robbers hiding in the woods. One time, yeah. mom went to the bank down over here <laughs> and it had just been robbed. So they were like, "Sorry, but we can't like help you right now." <laughs> <So we laughs> just deal with some other things. <laughs> anyway, so he he fails to find permanent employment. Turns to a life of crime. He robs his first bank September 9th of 1949. It is the North York branch of the Bank of Montreal. And he stole what was then equivalent... No, what was then 3,000 US dollars. I don't think they were US dollars. I think that was just the value. Yeah. Is equivalent to 3,000 US dollars. Which is today... $32,631. What year was this? 1949. Someone take me back. Right? When $3,000 was worth. I'd be a millionaire. (laughs) Not really, because I do not even have that much in my account right now. (laughs) So, oh, he he pulled this off while drunk. You can do anything when you're drunk if you want to. So he stole what was equivalent to $32,631 today's money while drunk from this bank. Successfully, he got away. Um, between September 1949 and October 1951, Boyd robbed at least six banks. 
like six confirmed banks they definitely know it was him yeah it's he he claims to have done more when they like talk to him later yeah um doesn't specify he said i did more kind of thing (laughs) (laughs) i won't tell you which ones but it was me um at some point he joins up with another robber and they carry out a number uh a few more bolder bank robberies they're already pretty bold i i think they just well okay here I, the next line. Like, just watch and say, give me no, a no, money no. and No, no, no. He was known out. for hopping counters, moving quickly, and carrying a gun. And he would disguise himself so well that he could walk into the same bank he had just robbed a few <laughs> days later and get changed for a $20 bill and no one would notice. Like, he was and, just and good at it. was the attractive one? Yes. Like, he was literally he good at been, robbing banks. He must have not been that attractive. Um, no, he disguised or himself. Or he did, like, weird makeup that mm-hmm. made him look Yeah, ugly. exactly. He did himself up in a way that no one recognized him. Hmm. Where am I? Oh, he also seemed to have a gift of not getting hit when people shot back at him. <laughs> I assume that also Now counts. that's a gift to have. That's a great gift. <laughs> great gift as a professional bank robber to have. That's so funny. Ex-army professional bank robber. Both jobs. It's great he that he... a gift of being not the matrix with bullets. <laughs> so this partner that he got eventually gets caught and then confesses and says it's like, He's the other guy, mm-hmm. um, which lands um, them in jail. <laughs> they both get arrested. Snitches get stitches. Yeah, and they're sent to Don Jail. At the same time, another more violent gang had also been robbing banks in the area, and one of their members, Lenny Jackson, was caught and sent to the same prison, and they start talking. And soon, a this different- This is a rival gang? It's not a rival gang. It's just another gang. These aren't. They, this is not like gang violence, gang war gangs. These are just no, like. No, but I'm just saying this is someone else. From troops a of boys gang. doing things. Um, yes. Different, more violent gang. That's key. Okay. Um, so different, more violent gang member from a different gang entirely. Lenny Jackson. Um, Lenny and Boyd start talking, and soon another bank robber, Willie Jackson, of no relation to Lenny Jackson. They just both happen to have the last name Jackson, and so I will just refer to them as Willie and Lenny, so it is not confusing, because they are not brothers or cousins or anything. <laughs> just have a common last name. Yep. Anyway, so... Willie was temporarily housed at the Don Jail awaiting transfer, so they have to pull off an escape plan quick if they all want to get out together, because they've decided they're going to be their own little robbing group now, right? Um, they formed a new gang. They formed a new gang in jail. So, Lenny had lost a foot at some point in a railway accident. <laughs> in, a, in what? In a railway accident? <laughs> no. Rolled right over his foot. So lost a foot in a railway accident. Or got caught between cars or something. I don't know what happened. I don't know how you lose oh, it. I know, no. There are many ways that I can think of of losing it. They didn't specify. So I thought you said a runaway accident. No. And for some reason, I just like railway his foot running train. off of his body. <laughs> I don't want to be here anymore. Anyway, so Lenny only has one um, flesh foot. <laughs> Which means The other has, one is wooden. It is. It is a peg leg. No, he has a, he has a wooden foot. On the other one, in which he stored several hacksaw blades. Hacksaw blades. They didn't check it. They didn't check his wooden <laughs> foot. <laughs> so, pro tip: if you want to smuggle anything into a prison, have a fake limb that you don't tell anybody about and just hide it all in there. 
Maybe that's maybe that's how they didn't know. They just didn't check them well enough. They didn't realize he had a fake foot. Like I guess a bum that's foot. something they have to ask now. Do you have all your arms, legs, and limbs and appendages and whatever else? So November fourth, nineteen fifty one. Um, Boyd, Jackson, and Jackson <laughs> hacksaw through the bars and hop the prison wall, escaping. <laughs> How big was his foot? Well, they're hacksaw blades, Audrey. Was it just a little, little saw blade? And those cut through bars? Mm-hmm. Um, Dad has some downstairs. They're the ones that you, like, tighten between that, like, U-shaped piece of metal, I'm pretty sure. It's really, like, really flexible, so you can roll I them up. I can't picture it. I'm pretty sure that's what a hacksaw is. I'm not necessarily a carpenter. Oh, good grief. Anyway. I don't use tools. He had a few of them, and they cut through the bars. <laughs> so, after they escape, they meet up with Valent Lesso, um, who's another one of the members of Lenny's old violent gang, and he's one of the violent members of Lenny's violent gang. Lenny's not necessarily a violent member of the violent gang, um, Valent Lesso is. <laughs> so they become so a like, team of a four. Hexa. Yeah. So they're just the blade. The blade is flexible. It doesn't look like it is. It is. That's why you have to like tighten it, it in there. Been back then. To keep it taut. They still are. We can go downstairs and play with the hacksaw no. blade if you need to. <laughs> I'm keeping my feet. Thank you. <laughs> Train accident, Audrey. <laughs> anyway, so Valent Lesso. Um, had once been a talented musician, but when he could no longer find work, he changed his name to Steve Suchan and became a bank robber. And I will be referring to him as, as Steve Suchan from now on. Or maybe it's Suchan. Suchan's easier to say. Anyway. So now we have Boyd. Lenny, who's from a violent gang, but not necessarily violent. Willie, who's just a bank robber, and then Steve Suchin, who is a violent bank robber. All right. Over a period of four months, the team pulled off a series of robberies, including the biggest heist in Toronto history, which was 46000 U.S. dollars. Oh my goodness, I can't even imagine how much that is today. That, I was going to say, that was then money. I don't have a translation for that one. Um, I look it up. What year was it? Uh, I assume... Okay, so... 52? 1952 would be when this is. If it's uh, sometime in 1951, 52. Because they break out of jail in November of 51. And they have a four-month crime spree. Inflation calculator. Yeah, what's $46,000? Oh, yeah, you can't read long numbers. <laughs> so I can't do math. In um, today's money, that would be around... Okay, so wait, hold on. All the other numbers I have are actually Isn't 2020. is 400-something thousand? Hold on, I need to switch the date. You did 2021, which is not wrong, but all the others are 2020. Okay. They were already well, I'm probably going to change it by, like, yeah, 30 I know, but bucks. I, I don't know what the inflation rate is right now. Um, it would be four hundred forty nine thousand two hundred and fifty eight dollars. Almost half a million. Almost half a million. That's all I know about numbers. Altogether, in those four months, they make off with 
$75,000, which is today um, $806,743. Shut up. Dollars. Four months. That's what they made in four months. <laughs> Gee, why can't you afford houses nowadays, you millennials? Anyway. <laughs> and you bought your house when? 1950? When you could have bought it for two pennies? <laughs> and oh. houses weren't even that expensive back then? So, the newspaper started, obviously, is going to be covering their exploits. They're pretty good at their job. Um, so they start calling them the Boyd Gang, because they saw Boyd as the brains of the operation. Not because he was the brains of the operation, but because, because he had he charm pretty. and good looks. <laughs> My shiny teeth and... Again, Lenny, who <laughs> used to be a hairdresser in Niagara Falls before Stop. he became... <laughs> Before he became he a one-footed bank robber. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot about the one foot. He was actually the brains. Was he? That's what they say. So March 6th, 1952, Detective Sergeant Edmund Tong and his partner, Sergeant Roy Perry, stopped a car with two men inside. Those men were Lenny and Sichan. Um, As Tong approached the vehicle, Sichan drew a... Point four five five pistol. I don't know <laughs> how to say that particular gun number. Four forty five caliber. I don't know. I don't. I, I don't know how to do that. That particular yeah, caliber number. I do not hear enough to just yeah. be able to repeat off. Other ones like I know how to do that one. I don't. Anyway, it's a pistol, and he shoots Tong and then shoots Perry, who's still in the car at the time. Tong later dies from his wounds. Um, dun, dun, dun. before this point. The gang is seen more like folk heroes than criminals. Yeah. So, like, Boyd was definitely seen as folk hero y because he was just, like, so good at it. People are like, wow. <laughs> and we now, can't and even again, be mad that he's stealing our money. And there is equally good. Well, these are just, like, the common folk who don't care about their banks losing their money. Because <laughs> they don't even use them yet. Right. Um, no. And then, all like, their money's under their mattresses. They were getting at home. really successful, sticking it to the man, stealing all that money from right under their noses. Anyway, now they're murderers. <laughs> well. So, Lenny and Stan are later arrested in Montreal because they're trying to escape to Quebec. Um, and this is after a shootout with police that left them both wounded. And I don't know if this shootout is one that they had with um, Tong and Perry, like the initial interaction there. Because he doesn't die on the spot. He dies a few days later from his wound. So he was able to shoot back if he wanted to. I'm un- it's unclear as to whether or not the shootout that they get injured in is with Tong and Perry or while they're trying to escape and somewhere else they're stopped yeah. and then have a shootout. Mm-hmm. I don't know which one it is. Either way, they're wounded, but, like, fine. Um, they are sent to jail and sentenced to death by hanging for the murder of a policeman. Um, Detective Adolphus Dolph Payne wanted to find the quote-unquote leader of the gang, um, which would be Boyd, who was obviously not in the car. Only two people were in the car. So he follows Boyd's brother around to see if he can get clues as to where um, Edwin would be. And he finds out that Edwin Boyd had recently rented a flat and they had not moved in yet. So he gets the key for the unit from the owner and then waits in a neighbor's house until Boyd moves in and then waits until dawn so that everybody's, like, definitely asleep to, you know, walk into the house and just arrest everybody inside. <laughs> yeah. So, um, so Edwin Boyd, his brother, and his wife all get arrested. 
at some point in time, Willie's arrested. They don't ever clarify when. So now all four of them are again in side-by-side cells in Dawn Jail. <laughs> Stop putting them there. From which they escape again. <laughs> Gee, I wonder why. September what was his foot this time? September 8th, 1957. They use hacksaw blades again, but this time they're smuggled into them by a lawyer. Who's the lawyer? I would like him I know, to also be but, my lawyer. But, like, he, they get good lawyers because, again, they're folk heroes. Yeah. To an extent. Murderers are not. Like, the public still isn't necessarily mad at them. Um, so now there's a $26,000 reward offering offered for information leading to their, like, any other arrest, I guess. They didn't specify. But there's a reward now. Or reward now. And I think it's ten days later. This portion was unclear. Um... They are all found in a barn, I think. Again, it was very unclear. Because they escaped twice and people seem to get those escaping times confused. Um, either way, they're all caught. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. Lenny and Suchin are found guilty and sentenced to death. And they are hung that December, so December of 1952, at the Don Jail. And the hanging was botched, like Marianne Cotton's. Mm-hmm. Next didn't break, so they dangled. They dangled and they strangled. Mm-hmm. Which has to be terrible. Gotta read a podcast like that just wouldn't work. Which is which is crazy. This is nineteen fifty two. That we're still not not we, this is Canada. But that that anybody is still doing death by hanging. I mean, weren't they also being extremely horrible to the natives too around this time still? <laughs> they're so. true. They're not exactly good to the natives now. No. But no, residential... You can suck at Canada. You're not nice to everyone. What are they... What they, Are they resident... No, what are they? Residential reservation... No. Anyway, their the Native American schools ran until 1995, Audrey. Vera was born 25 <laughs> years ago is when the last Canadian Native American school that. closed. Like, like, people easily remember being Well, because I remember everything was coming out about how, like, they were finding the remains of all these kids and whatever. Yeah. And everybody was like, can you believe that? And I was like, yeah, yeah. am I the only one that, like, knows Canada was worse to the natives than and America? Not, that's not like, to say that we were the good States to them. Were, no, but, but I'm saying they worse. were worse. <laughs> they were way worse than America treated like the, like people. The, how, like, we, and, like, again, I'm not saying anybody's doing a good job, but I'm no. saying, like, they were way worse. Anyway, Boyd received eight life sentences which seems like overkill because he only robbed banks. Yeah, did he ever? At least he's only. Money? Okay, hold on. He's only being convicted for bank robberies. That's the only thing he's yeah. being charged with is bank robberies. And I don't know how eight life sentences is a reasonable response to yeah, a number of like, bank Yeah, wouldn't you like, let's get you some years in prison and like a lot of community Wait, so service so you're getting Willie, back? <laughs> Willie got 30 years because he wasn't in charge and also wasn't in the car. Yeah. And I'm assuming it's because Boyd was seen as in charge, even though he literally wasn't in charge. Like, that's just some bad police work right it's there. Like, sorry, I'm attractive anyway, you're ugly. It's, it's not as bad, like, sentence-wise, because that's a clearly an unfair sentence for what they were being charged with. They both were released for parole after serving 10 years for bank robbery in 1962. Yeah. Um, so William Boyd, the other two are dead. So shortly after Boyd's release, he calls the police because his wife and I guess her boyfriend, it said companion, but it's a male companion, 
So they're trying to break down the front door of the house he had gotten for him and his children to live in. Mm-hmm. Um, and she was arrested and found guilty of trying to break in into her. <laughs> Uh, so things went south there. Obviously, they get a divorce. <laughs> Boyd gets a job as a bus driver for disabled people. And after divorcing Doreen, because I guess that took a bit to yeah. do, um, he, who's his first wife? I don't know if I ever gave her name before. Doreen's his first wife, the one mm-hmm. that he meets in France yeah. and she joins him driving motorcycles. Um, and marries one of the women that he drove around, one of the disabled women, and takes care of her for the next 35 years until they both go into a retirement home. How cute is that? So two months prior to his death, he confesses to killing a couple and leaving <laughs> their bodies in a car trunk. And this was this was years before he became a bank robber. This was when you're still figuring out, honestly, it could what have been... What kind of crime you wanted to do? No, I think it, was, it might, couldn't even have been like a mugging gone wrong. Oh, okay, you know? okay. I don't know what it was. Either way, he killed two people and put them in the trunk of a car. And this is believed to be the September 11th, 1947 murder of Iris Scott and George Biggis. Um, they don't know for sure, but it matches. I think I've heard those names. It matches, like, the place and all that. Isn't that one they thought was, like, connected to a serial killer? I think so, but they think it's him now. Either way, he died. Wait, what was the names again? Iris Scott. And George Vigus, V-I-G-U-S. He dies two months later, either way, on May 17th, 2002, before any formal investigation could start. Um, and there's been a number of books written on the gang, as well as a musical, a documentary, a fictionalized movie. There's an episode of Law & Order SVU, and there's a whole f- a few other things. Like, there's, there's media on this if you want to interact with this gang more. Yeah. <laughs> But that's, that's the Boyd gang. Okay, so I'm doing the Casaloma Mansion. She's unsure. You okay, Opry? You okay. So I got my information from Casaloma.ca, Wikipedia.com, Toronto.com, TheCultureTrip.com, and GhostWalks.com. So of course we're going to start out with the history first. So Sir Henry Pellat... P-E-L-L-A-T-T, Paulette. I like that better. Um, was born to his British parents, they're not, they're not French, <laughs> in <laughs> Kingston, Ontario. He left his studies at Upper Canada College when he was 17 to pursue a career in commerce in the family business. Um, by the age of 23, he had a full, he became a full partner in his father's stock brokerage firm. Fun. Pellat and Pellat. Um, that was also the same year that he married Mary Dodgson, who he met when he was 20. So it wasn't a whirlwind marriage, I feel like. Like most of these stories are. Or most old-timey marriages are. Mm -hmm. We saw each Um, other and then that day we were wed. Yeah, (laughs) literally. In 1903, Henry purchased 25 lots from developers Kirtland and Rolf. Rolf? Um, he commissioned architect E.J. Lennox to design Casaloma with construction beginning in 1911, starting with the massive stables, potting shed, and hunting lodge. The hunting lodge is a two-story, 4,380-square-foot house with servants' quarters. 
The stables were used as a construction site for the castle and also served as the quarters for male servants, with some of the machinery still remaining in the rooms under the stables today. Fun. Um, the house cost about $3.5 million back then. So I don't know how much that would be today. If you want to look it up, you can. Quite a bit. Um, <laughs> and took 299 workers three years to build. I wish it was 300. Um, construction was halted due to the start of World War One. The castle had 98 rooms and covers... Or, the castle has 98 rooms mm-hmm. and covers um, 64,000 square feet. It was the largest private residence in Canada, and they had 30 bathrooms and 25 fireplaces. How fun. Okay. Um, notable amenities included an elevator and one large... Wait, what? An elevator and an oven large enough to cook an ox. That's too big. Um, I don't know if it'd be like an ox standing up or if an ox dead cut and cut up. I assume that a whole <laughs> ox can be shoved like in there, but in not there. cut. No, but like not cut up. Like on yeah. its side, you could go push it in. Yeah. Okay. So, legs. um, it also included two vertical passages for pipe organs. Not sure what that means. Um, a central vacuum. I mean, I know what a pipe organ is, but I'm not sure what the. Well, the pipes go up. So they need to have special wall space for pipe storage. Okay. Um, a central vacuum, which, Sadie, is that the basement vacuum you were talking about in that the one The vacuum time? where it's, like, in the walls and you sweep everything to little holes and Possibly. all the it. I just included it because I was like, I don't even know what that means. I, that's what I have to assume. It's, like, little holes um, in the walls that you sweep stuff towards. And then two secret passages and Pellat's ground floor office, a pool, and three bowling alleys in the basement. I want to here. <laughs> and it says three bowling alleys, and it's like if it's three, it's just like because it means lanes? three lanes, three separate bowling <laughs> three alleys lanes? that each have a different. That's theme. what I'm confused because I'm like three lanes, like that's how you say it has three lanes. You don't say it has three bowling alleys. So maybe that's a Canadian phrasing. Maybe. Okay, so yeah, it included all of that. Most of the third floor was left unfinished, and today serves as the regimental museum for the queen's own rifles of canada what don't know there's a lot in here that it's just like weird clubs and like stuff uh-huh. and i'm just like don't have a single clue what any of this is but i'll just put it down um so during the great depression the city of toronto increased Casaloma's property taxes from six hundred dollars a year to a thousand dollars per month isn't that pretty crazy so now it's twelve thousand dollars a year isn't that crazy? What was it before? $600 a year. $600 a year. A year to $1,000 a month. 200%? Is that the right math? I, you, like I know. Um, <laughs> and Palat, who was already 2000%. facing financial difficulties, um, had to auction off $1.5 million in art and $250,000 in furnishings. Um and sadly, he was only able to enjoy life in the castle for less than 10 years when he had wow. to leave in 1923, because I, I just don't think he could, like, afford it. He's a very cute old man. He looks really cute. But yeah, I don't think he could afford it, so. 
he didn't get to spend life in his like dream home. Mm-hmm. Um, because he didn't die. Like that's not why he didn't spend his life there. No, he had to leave for financial. Again, taxes just like the other. The um, what is that? Trash. Don't even get me started on taxes. Beamish. Beamish Hall had to be sold because of taxes. Mm-hmm. In the late 1920s, investors operated Casa Loma for a short time as a luxury hotel. During Prohibition, it became a popular night spot for wealthy Americans. Um, I think What's-His-Name went there. Um, who is it I always talk about? Al Capone or this other guy? I don't know. The gangsters I always talk about. You always talk about Al Capone. Yeah. Um, the Orange Blossoms... Later known as Glenn Gray and the Casa Loma Orchestra, um, played there for eight months. This seemed to me like a popular like band, so that's mm-hmm. why I included it. Played there for eight months in 1927 to 1928. Shortly after, they went on tour of North America and became a major swing-era dance band. Hmm. Um, the city seized Casa Loma in... Or Casa Loma? Casa Loma? I don't know. Um, in 1924 for unpaid taxes, and for years the building was left vacant because who can afford that? Mm-hmm. In the 1930s, CFRB broadcaster Claire Wallace spent a night at Casa Loma to gather material for a story about ghosts and supernatural phenomena, and she later broadcast an appeal to save the old building from demolition. So that's nice of her. But, like... I'm assuming there's just been, like, rumors of this place being haunted just, like, because for a it's, long it's an time old, without old her just, like... Because it's an old building that sits empty. Just that any old building that's but, neat looking and sits empty and, like, why did people leave so quickly? That yeah. gets a haunting story attached to it. So her broadcast was heard by vice president of a local Kiwanis club? K-I-W-A-N-I-S. Kiwanis? I don't know, it's, it's one of those fraternity, fraternities. And subsequently, Casa Loma was leased in 1937 by that club of West Toronto, and they operated it as a tourist destination. So, yeah, I think this is Toronto. Mm-hmm. Um, I would assume. It's Toronto, yeah. Uh, during World War II, the stables were used to conceal research and production of sonar, and for construction of sonar devices for U-boat detection. Um, hmm. The area was closed behind an under-repairs sign um, with the suggestion that the stables were under renovation, so it allowed workers to have a secret facility <laughs> and they could come and go without any suspicion. Because mm-hmm. I think it was still open. Like, the other place was still open as, like, the tourist destination. Um... Where was I? So, Casa Loma is rumored to be the location of Station M that manufactured covert materials and gadgets for the British security coordination. Fun. But it was never, it has never been confirmed. However, today, Casa Loma has an escape room called Station M. Um, so, here's the description of the escape room. <laughs> the war is over. The fascists in Europe have lo- have lost, and it's time for celebration in Toronto, or so it would seem. Deep beneath the gothic exterior of Casa Loma, there lies a secret, 
you and your closest friends stumble upon the soon-to-be decommissioned Station M. With the hidden workshop of failed projects and confidential experiments, you find one last mission. Be careful who you trust, and make sure you have an escape plan. Wow. So, I would be like, wow, that doesn't sound like a great escape plan. Let's look for something haunted. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. <laughs> So, I mean, they have multiple. So, Station M is the third game in the Casaloma Escape series and unfolds um, in the post World War II era of Toronto's history. Station M was the code name for a secret manufacturing facility that produced gadgets and covert material for the British security coordination. Um. Take a, bit, take a trip back in time to the events and settings that are said to have inspired the James Bond series. So that's just what, like, cool. their little description is for that. Mm-hmm. Um, so from 1997 until um, 2012, the, cas- <clears throat> geez, the castle underwent a 15-year, $33 million exterior renovation or restoration um, that was largely funded by the city. In 2014, the castle was leased by Liberty and Entertainment Group and spent $7.4 million to continue the castle's upgrades. The company's plan also included a fine dining facility, the restaurant Blue Blood Steakhouse, um, which opened in the summer of 2017. Fun. Due to COVID, tour operations closed on March 13, 2020, but they reopened in September of 2020. So, that's, like, the history, and then I have, like, a little bit about, like, the rooms and, like, the grounds and everything. Do you have every single movie it's ever been the filming location for? Because there's a lot of them. I actually do. That's a big chunk paragraph right here. Mm-hmm. So, Casaloma has five acres of garden. There is also a tunnel that connects Casaloma to the hunting lodge and the stables. Fun. Um, garage, potting shed, stalls, carriage house, and track rooms. Or tack rooms? I don't know, whatever. It's something. Tack rooms is where you keep horse stuff. It would be tack rooms then. So the oak room, which was originally called the Napoleon Drawing Room, is the most decorated room in the house, and it was used for formal occasions. It is encased in wood panels, which took three artisans. I almost said artisans. (laughs) (laughs) Three years to carve. Um, the highly ornamented plaster ceiling was made by Italian craftsmen. The castle... The castle has a girl guide exhibit. Don't know what that means. And a vintage car exhibit. Is it like, um, Girl Scouts? Maybe. I don't know. Um, it has been a spot for many films and books, including X-Men, Strange Brew... Chicago, The Tuxedo, Scott Pilgrim vs. the World, Warehouse 13, Crimson Peak, Descendants, Twitches, Twitches 2, <laughs> The Pacifier, and Titans. Um, other books and movies include the Scott Pilgrim series and Eric Wilson's Murder Mystery, The Lost Treasure of Castle Loma. It also temporary, temporarily transformed into Hogwarts for the release of Harry Potter and the Deathly Hallows. As well as uh, Beast's Castle for Disney's 2017 live-action Beauty and the Beast. 
It also served in the film adaptation of R.L. Stein's Goosebumps series, A Night in Terror Tower. Gotta watch that I one I love now. that one. <laughs> Um, it was also used in the Mortal Instruments, City of Bones, and Shadow Hunters, as well as Strange Paradise and 2016 Rocker, Rocky Horror Picture Show. Let's do the time warp again. And there were a couple more on there, too, but I had never heard of them, so I was like, mm-hmm. who knows what they are. That was enough of a list already. <laughs> but yeah. Um, so the castle also offers ghost tours led by Canada's Most Haunted. So, there aren't too many, like, ghost stories. Like, most of the places we do a lot of research and then find out there's not a lot, but we're like, well, we already did the whole history, so we're just going to have to make it. Oh, I usually, if they have one slightly interesting ghost story and then there's, like, a few tidbits of ghostness, I usually just cover it. Yeah. (laughs) So, one article reads, um, A mysterious lady dressed in white, the mutters and sighs of a crotchety man, and paranormal experiences make Castle a supernatural hotspot? Question mark? <laughs> um, so the Toronto.com article states that we've had stories going in here since the 1930s with the Kiwanis Club. Mm-hmm. When the Kiwanis Club took over the castle. So, like, I mean, that's pretty far back to have ghost stories, I feel like. And especially if it's, like, a weird... I just... I really want to know what's haunting it, because so far nothing's happened there. I mean, that we know of. Yeah, I know. Exactly. But still. Um, so staff and guests have shared stories of seeing a mysterious lady dressed in white and hearing the muttering and sighs of a crotchety man near the stables, like the article title said. Mm-hmm. Um, there have been plenty of Casa Loma ghost stories from time to time, such as the appearance of a man tending to the garden... In the indoor conservatory, or the sound of children's voices when no children are around. That's always just creepy. Not That's enough for me to ghosts. be, for it to be haunted to me is hearing children. Mm-hmm. Like, even if no children die there. But also, like, I have no clue what the land was before. Oh, yeah. So I no didn't idea. look into that. I didn't even really look into if anybody had ever died there. Like, he just bulldozed some slums and that's yeah, why it's haunted. Yeah, and, like, um... What was I saying? Well, because it was left, like, abandoned for years. Yeah. So, like, you don't know you who went. You never know who moved it, in yeah, there. Especially when it has, like, secret passages and, like, and stuff yeah. like that. Like, there's so many locations to um, be able to hide in. Could have been creepy rituals going on. Who knows? Oh, of course. Um, let's see. So, the most common sightings, uh, or the most common sighting is of the white lady, who normally is seen on the second floor, but most recently has been seen in the basement. So she's moving. Um, The white lady is believed to have been a maid who worked at the castle in the early 1900s, around the time when um, about 60,000 people in Toronto died of influenza. And, like, I never saw anything of them, like, using the castle as a hospital. Or a quarantine. Yeah, but it might have been, because... They don't have, like, a hole. I mean, it has space, and people weren't... Yeah, and they didn't have a hole in the early 1900s. Okay. But they didn't have a whole lot of, like, history on what went on inside of the castle. Mm Mm-hmm. So, okay. We just gotta go to Toronto and look at uh, their historical society's records. Yeah. And we'll know. 
Some guests and staff have reported sightings of Sir Henry Pellat. Pellat? I don't remember mm-hmm. how I was saying his name. The guy who did not die there. Yeah. But there was a young boy who told staff that he saw a man standing at a second floor window. And the staff panicked because at the time the second floor had, like, been locked down. And, like, no one was no, allowed to be None of the floors are safe. Yeah. <laughs> and so the staff member asked the boy to describe the man. And his description matched that of Sir Henry. So the staff member took the boy to look at a picture, and he asked, do you see the man here? And um, the boy pointed to the picture of Sir Henry and said, that's him. Why is he so mad? Because he he taxes. That's why, son. (laughs) But um, everybody thinks that, like, he's the most, like, um prominent ghost there because he's like upset that he that's where he wanted to spend his life yeah he was supposed to so die when there. he died he, so now like, he's spending that's where he's spending yeah. his life yeah well his that's afterlife um a woman believed to be lady mary his wife has also been spotted around the grounds um she doesn't like to be seen or recorded one time the cmh canada's most haunted team mm-hmm. Um, attempted to film her and they left a camera running while they explored the castle and when they returned the camera um, returned to the camera to play back the footage the tape was gone weird Um, and a staff member said that they had locked the door behind them and the tape still has never been found to this day (laughs) so Um, according to mediums who claim to have felt the presence of Sir Henry and Lady Mary, their spirits are not trapped in the castle. Instead, they're choosing to be there. Mm -hmm. Um, so, uh, the tunnel leading to the castle's stables are another known paranormal hotspot. Um, and many people have reported feeling as though they are being grabbed or had their hair pulled in the tunnels. And that always creeps me out. I don't like like that. having like being touched in tunnels. Like, why is that uh, such like a common like that's because so they're tight spaces. You're just trying to squeeze by, you know. You don't need to pull my hair to do it. <laughs> it gets caught on their buttons, Audrey. That's true. That's true. <laughs> um, people have also reported hearing a spirit in the tunnel, sighing gruffly, and um, I think it's the same old man who hangs out in And he had even been captured in recording, speaking, and interacting with visitors. In one recording, he has heard mimicking a medium who said, oh, he's a terrible person. Oh, he's um, a terrible person. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> so people lovingly call him Mr. Happy. <laughs> um, Ew. And mediums think he was a friend of Sir Henry's who um, was hired to look after his prize-winning horses. The old man by the stables. Uh-huh. <laughs> but that's all I have for Castle Loma Mansion. And it's the only castle in... Canada. The only apparently. officially named castle in yeah, Canada. Yeah, apparently. That's what they say. But that's all I have. Neat. Um, I guess... What was I going to say? We should do the, um... That, that spiel where we, where we Plugging say, ourselves, basically. Plugging, that's it, yeah. Um, if you like this podcast... Then you should also like to support us. So, <laughs> so like leave us reviews, download the podcast wherever you listen to them. Where I think we're like on all the platforms. Follow um, us on our social media, us, which yep. is just on Instagram because mm-hmm. I haven't made a Facebook page yet. Mm-hmm. 
Um, we have a Patreon. That's a T and W podcast. No. TNF. TNF. That's why would I think a W? TNF podcast. Um, and then we have a Patreon, and we have an anchor like page support support page button. Yeah. But there's many ways you can support us if you would like to take the time to do so. We appreciate appreciate it. it. Um, this is very cringy, and that's why we're talking this way, not because we want support. (laughs) (laughs) Um, well, I guess try not to murder anyone, and don't mess with Ouija boards. Bye. Bye. Dude, murder that time, not kill. It's still recording. (laughs) (laughs) Try not to kill anyone. (laughs)